What should people expect of a pastor? What kind of leader should he be? Well, I think this Vietnam veteran is spot on. Hey, welcome to On My Walk, the reading podcast that helps you capture reading's aha moments and apply them to your life and leadership. Last week, I finished reading Max Hastings' Vietnam, an epic tragedy, 1945 to 1975. And I am so glad I picked up this book. It was long, 859 pages, and it was intense because Hastings describes the atrocities of the war in vivid detail. It was eye-opening. It was eye-opening for the valor and the foolishness and the heroism and at the same time the senselessness of the conflict. But it was so insightful in so many ways, like this one. In chapter 12, which he entitles Trying to Grab Smoke, Hastings describes the frustrations of those fighting the war the generals had devised. And he writes this, A frustrated Marine lieutenant told a reporter that their search and destroy missions were like trying to grab smoke when you open your fist, there's nothing there. And that sense of frustration was felt not just when it came to the challenges of discerning the Viet Cong enemy out there in the jungles, but on other fronts as well. Hastings writes, Vietnam was never one Vietnam War. Instead, 50 different ones, according to where a man fought or, in the case of 10 non-infantrymen, did other stuff. And that other stuff was living pretty much a playboy life compared to the life-and-death, nerve-gnawing jungle patrols that some of the soldiers were on. Hastings points out there were warriors and there were water skiers. It just depended on where you were assigned. He writes, it was almost entirely arbitrary who got to go where. So let me read you a brief passage to kind of get the sense of the frustration on the part of the soldiers. Uh, warnings contain some rough language, but I'm reading what he wrote. Medic Charlie Sheeb arrived in country with illusions that he would stay with the men with whom he had trained and established a relationship. Like almost every replacement, however, he was sent to face mortal peril among strangers. Lieutenant John Wright emerged from the assignment room at Da Nang looking ashen and told a friend laconically, I'm fucked. He was being sent to the 19th Marines, dubbed the Walking Dead, because of the ghastly casualty record. And then Hastings describes the assignment David Rogers received after he had finished his field time. Listen closely. I mean, you're going to get a picture of both the unpleasant life of a Vietnam soldier and a picture of what people expect of their pastors. And I'll take it one step further. I think it's a picture of what we expect of every leader. Listen to this. Lieutenant Judd Kinney rode with the company first sergeant to identify bodies in the divisional mortuary, a refrigerated Quonset hut in which he was discomforted to find staff listening to AFN and cracking jokes. The sergeant inspected the battalion's quota of body bags, present and correct among a great many more. It looked like a full house, said Kinney, who thought with a shiver, I'm not going home like that. Phil Caputo also did morgue time. If I'd been an agent of death as a platoon leader, as a staff officer I was death's bookkeeper. All the dead looked pretty much the same, he reflected, whether in life they'd been white, black or yellow. 
Their skin turned to tallow so that they resembled wax dummies, pupils a washed-out grey, mouths opened wide, as if death had caught them in the middle of a scream, he said. Where men's faces had gone absent without leave, they were identified by dental records. A few of Vietnam's would-be liberators succumbed to funk. Sid Berry deplored the poor spirit of his chaplain, who clung to a weapon and wore his flak jacket day and night. He's been talking with people about the awfulness of war, he said, and he sees Viet Cong all around us. He asks earnestly if we think the war will be over by Christmas. We cannot afford to have a man of God spread fear. He should be a man of calm faith and certainty. The chaplain was relieved. Again, Hastings' painstaking work to deglamorize the war and bring us up close and personal, I mean, at least as up close and personal as we can be, so far removed by both distance and time to the Vietnam War. I mean, his work is outstanding. But it was Sid Barry's comment about his chaplain that was my aha moment. Sid Barry's words, we cannot afford to have a man of God spread fear. He should be a man of calm faith and certainty. And God agrees. God told Joshua, a combination of warrior and chaplain to the people of God, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That comes from Joshua chapter 1. Now, why does God say this? Because a leader who spreads fear is not a leader. Now, that's not to pretend that fear is just its own kind of smoke. Fear is real. Fear often does all it can to discombobulate our hearts and minds, and I suspect that's why fear not is the most often repeated admonition in the Scripture. But God makes clear to Joshua and to you and to me the solution to a growing fear is a bigger God. It's as if God says to Joshua, Joshua, whatever you got, I'm bigger than that, and I'm on your side. So suck it up, soldier. We cannot afford to have a man of God spread fear. He should be a man of calm faith and certainty. So what should people expect of a pastor? What kind of leader should he be? Hey, Sid Berry was spot on. He should be a man of calm faith and certainty. And why? Because fear always falters in the face of a bigger God. So today, look up and then lead with calm faith and certainty. And that's my thought on my walk with Max Hastings and Vietnam, an epic tragedy, 1945 to 1975. But here's my question for you. What will you do with that thought on your walk through life today?